morning and welcome to Destiny. Please stand and join us for a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We praise you and we glorify you. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to come into your house and worship corporately. We thank you, Father God, for this beautiful day that you have given. And we will not focus on what we see on the outside, the rain and the clouds, but on your goodness and on your glory, Father God, and your light, Lord, that allowed us to be a part of this day. Father God, we thank you for this house and we speak blessings over destiny. We speak blessings over all of those who are connected to this house. Every person who is here and every person who is watching online and will watch later. Father God, we thank you, Father God, for your mighty presence that is already here in this place. For when we come in, we house your glory and we come in together and we corporately begin to worship you. And your word says that when our praises go up, that you, Father God, you inhabit the praises of your people. And we thank you right now, Father God. We do not wait for a single note to be played, for a single word to be sung. We praise you right now, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Holy, 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 you are worthy, oh God. We thank you, Father God, for just this opportunity, for it is a gift. It is a precious, precious gift and an opportunity just to just put ourselves in a place of humility, to humble ourselves and to come before you, not asking anything, not needing or wanting anything, but praising you, seeking your face, oh God, not your hand, not your provision, but simply your face and your presence. And we thank you, Lord, that you are in this house. You are in this house. You are in this house, Father God, and we praise you, oh God. We worship you, Father. We glorify you, and we thank you, oh God, for the souls who are in here today, those who do not yet know you, those who have walked away from you, but we thank you they have come in and they will get to know you afresh. They will see you anew and experience you in a way that we've not experienced you before. And those of us who have walked with you for some time, those 30-year Christians, let our love be renewed and set a fire, set a blaze anew, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that we will not let our love wax and wane, but we will stay in your face and in your presence so that we may love those who the world called unlovable and we will stop putting labels on those who come before us but we will see them as you see them as those who are hurting as those who are broken and we shall be the ones who have been anointed and commissioned to go out and bind up the brokenhearted to bring freedom to the captive to bring sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf father god so that when your word goes forth they will be able to receive it when the bread is set before them they will be able able to eat it, Father God, and find nourishment. I thank you, Lord, that we are the trees planted by rivers of living water, Father God. Our leaves will not wither, and we will have fruit for every season, Father God. Those who come in hungry, they will be fed. Those who come in needing shelter, they will be shaded. And I thank you right now, Father God, that that is who we are. That is who destiny is. That is who we as the people of God are. And we will not waver. We will not waver, but we will stand on the word of God. And we will be who you have called us to be in every season, in the marketplace, in the classroom, in our offices, everywhere that we go, people will know not by a single word other from our mouth, but by the glory that we carry, by the light that we bring in. We will stand on whatever platform you have put us in, and we will let the light of your glory shine forth through us, Father God. And it will not be for show. It will not be for attention. It will not be for self, but it will be for the glory of the Most High God. And when you enter into that place, Father God, 
people's lives will be changed. People's lineages will be changed. Generational curses will be broken. We will speak to those mountains in our own lives and in others' lives, and those mountains will be cast into the sea. Those demons that are plaguing, they will be cast out, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, your Holy Spirit will come in and dwell in those houses, Father God, and the kingdom of God will be enlarged, Lord. Thank you, Father God. We glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. You are glorious, oh God. You are mighty, God. Have your way in this place, oh God. Let us not come in to spectate or just to see, but let us come in to worship you as you so deserve, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We glorify you. We praise you, God. Have your way in this place, oh God. Have your way in this place, oh God. Have your way, oh God. Have your way, oh God. Have your way, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, in his matchless name, in that name that is above every other name, we say praise you, God. Amen. Praise my God, I will dance with all my might. I 
I'm not ashamed of the name of Jesus Christ. Still be singing and dancing and shouting and clapping. They'll be singing and dancing as we're shouting out the name of the Lord. I will celebrate before 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 the Lord. I will celebrate. I will celebrate. I will celebrate. I will celebrate. Sing and dance and raise hands up to the Lord. Sing and dance and raise my hands up to the Lord. Sing and dance and raise my hands up to the Lord. Sing and dance and raise my hands up to the Lord. Sing and dance and raise my hands up to the Lord. Sing and dance and raise my hands up to the Lord. Sing and dance and raise my hands up to the Lord. Sing and dance and raise my hands up to the Lord. Singing, dancing, raise my hands up to the Lord. Singing, dancing, raise my hands up to the Lord. Singing, dancing, raise my hands up to the Lord. Singing, dancing, raise my hands up to the Lord. Singing, dancing, I will celebrate. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will. Celebrate before the Lord, I will 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 celebrate before the Lord, I Celebrate. I will celebrate. I will celebrate. I will celebrate. I will celebrate.
four words, but yet they're so important. We wait for you. But you can take the we and put your name right there and say, I wait for you. And if you're waiting on him this morning, he's going to come. He's already here. Because as you walk through those doors this morning, we had already prayed for his presence to be in this place. So he's already here. So allow these words to minister to you this morning.
Freedom, giving us freedom, giving us joy. 
your holiness saturate this place this morning. Let your holiness saturate this place this morning, God. Oh, oh, oh. 
Oh 
not just the voices in the church. I thank you that there's nobody that is shutting my mouth or silencing my praise. Because I'm going to be honest. Sometimes it's the only thing that gets me through. You don't know what else to say. You just go in your room and you just shout Jesus. Because at the name of Jesus, everything falls. Everything, every weight is lifted. Every burden is broken. He knows what we need before we even ask or think it. And I think we forget that sometimes. I know I do. You don't have to have a fervent prayer. You don't have to have a mouthy, wordy prayer. You don't have to be eloquent with your words. The Bible says all we have to say is Jesus. All we have to do is lift our arms and surrender and say Jesus. And he takes over.
my husband, my friends. I'm human. I'm going to do that. But Jesus will never do that to me, ever, ever, ever. Even when I fail him and I walk away from him, he'll never, never, ever walk away from me, ever. So that's why this song brings tears to lots of people's eyes. There's no one like him. And when you have an encounter with Jesus, you can't walk away the same. You cannot walk away the same. If you do, go back. If you do walk away the same, go back. Go back and do it again. Go back and scream louder. You don't have to scream, but if you feel like it, come on. Jesus. Jesus, I need you. Weeping. Jesus, I need you. With a cry of surrender, with a cry of urgency. It doesn't matter. You can whisper, Jesus. 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 He still hears you. Even if you don't say a word. I've had times recently in my walk with the Lord that I just lay on my face. There's no words that can even come out of my mouth. He knows. He knows where I'm at. And he knows what I need. He don't always do it the way I think he should do it, but he's always on time. <laughs> That's the funny thing. He's always on time. And you always look back and you're like, Paul, oh, I'm glad you did it your way. <laughs> and I didn't do it mine. So if we can just sing that one more time, just holy. We serve an awesome God. Mm. Woo, come on, he's so good. He's so holy. You know, I used to get confused with that because I thought it meant that when he's holy and we cry out that he's holy, it means you don't sin, Lord. You don't sin, Lord. And I heard a pastor say this. He said, you don't sin. And then he goes, that's not a compliment to the Lord because he can't sin. When we say you're holy, man, think about this. I want you to change your perspective. We've been talking about perspective the whole time. I want you to think about this. His holy love. His love is holy. And holy is his love. And when you're crying out, holy, 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 you're saying that nobody can love like you. You have the most, the greatest, the, the, the biggest, the most love of anybody 
ever. Nobody can outlove you, Lord. And man, when you're loved like that, it is easy to cry out to somebody. When you feel that love, it is so easy to cry out. And that's why they circle them and they're crying, holy, 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 holy. Because his love is so holy. And that's what he thinks about each of us because he says, you are holy because I am holy. Oh, so you can walk in that same love. You can walk in that same holiness and you don't have to say, but, but I did this. No, it doesn't matter. Can you walk in his love? Can you share his love? His holy love. Oh, Father, we love you. And we thank you. We thank you that your love will never end. You always love us, Lord. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your grace and mercy. And, Father, that you're always there. You're there in the bad times and in the good times, Lord. Right beside us, Lord. When we're looking away from you and when we're looking at you. So, Father, we surrender to you this morning. We ask you to have your will in this house. Have your way in this place. Father, we give it all to you this morning. Come on. We give it all to you this morning, Father. And we just lift you up. We give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory in this house. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on. And everybody said, come on, let's lift up a shout of praise this morning. Come on, let's give him what he deserves this morning. Come on, you are holy. You're holy. Woo, before we break, Miss um, Judith, you have a word this morning, so I'd like you to come share. I don't know if we got a mic or somebody has a mic, anybody. I love it when we get words and, and we have the confidence to say, that's, that's God speaking to me, and I need to come share it with everybody. So, so Miss Judith, it's all yours. This morning, the Lord was stating that someone's walking out of their grief. They've been in some a grieving place, but God's walking you out of it, and you're you're going to be set free from that, and you're going to have peace. The next one is a visual, and the Lord was sharing with me about the cicada. All of you know this bug that comes out, and then he. He sheds his shell. Well, there's some people in here that are shedding that hard shell, and they're they're coming out as a new person. They're going to be walking in a new light. They're going to feel this beautiful surrounding of God, and they're going to have the most peace they've ever had. They they've they've hidden in this shell for a long time. And even though they may have been a Christian, they still weren't quite set free because that protected them. But they're coming out of that shell. So I just praise God for this. And uh, the other word was about Selma, Alabama. God has shown me that they're going to open up the gates of glory in that region and that those people that are bringing forth this revival there and this re, um, reconstruction of uh, Christianity, uh, there's a resurrection uh, coming. All those bad things are dying out, and there, the people there will be like jewels. 
They will be like uh, jewels, and all the nations are going to want to come see the history. But these people are going to be so anointed. They're going to be in every street corner, and they are going to uh, fill these people with the love that they've never seen before. They're, they're, God's, they're God's people. They're God's people like they've been led out of, in a, they've been in a desert and they fought for their Christianity and they're fighting and no more racial. Oh my gosh, it's all gone. It's all gone. Praise God. And there's one more for this sweet lady right here. And God had given me this a couple of weeks ago. And the Lord said, Miss Julie, the jewel of the church, that you're like a diamond and those prisms kind of sprinkle over all the people. And you are to DJ like a heartbeat. And you're, you flow through his veins and, it is, and you have been set in a uh, position uh, as if uh, a line of blocks were here and you, you sit there to hold uh, a lot together and that your anointing's coming forth um, even more profound than you've ever known before. And a lot of blessings, they're, they're not just this one grandchild, you know, of course, there are many, but your house will be full, uh, full of love, full of dreams, and full of hope. And I thank the Lord for all of you and uh, just be awaiting, be waiting and, and be prepared for what he's bringing to this church and to individuals. Praise God. Oh, come on. Oh, thank you, Lord. Here you go. Oh, man. Come on, what words. You are my heartbeat, baby. You know that. Come on. Nobody else knew that, but that's our little thing. So, oh, man. So, Father, we love you, and we thank you for that word, Lord. We ask that it just touches every heart it needs to touch, every mind that it speaks to those that were looking for that word this morning, Father. We ask you that it touch Brother John out in Selma as he's doing street ministry right now, Lord. We ask that you just anoint him right now and give him that power, Lord, to just cover that whole area. Come on, Father. We love you, Lord. We thank you for these words. We thank you for what you're doing in this house. And we surrender to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Woo, all right. <laughs> Take some time. Find somebody you ain't seen in a while. Give them a hug and tell them hello. We'll be right back. <laughs>
Good morning, good morning, good morning. Come on, y'all. I gave you like an extra 10 minutes right there. I was running around hugging everybody. So if I can go around and hug everybody and say hi, then y'all should have finished up. Look, that's not going to shorten my sermon, so y'all better sit down. Man, come on. I know, it's been good. Man, so good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? This side is really good. You guys are struggling over here. I'm going to have to preach to this side this morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Come on. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. Welcome to Destiny Church. I am DJ along with my beautiful wife, Jules, right there leaving. Uh, we get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. Come on. We love y'all. We love our church. Um, and you guys love our church? Yeah. All right. Here's the big one. Do you love Jesus? Because that's the important part. Come on. But once again, I'm going to preach to this side over here. You guys, I'm just going to do this. This might work. It's my work today. <laughs> See, now I messed up everything because I can't operate if that thing's not straight. Sorry, Will's back there going, don't move, man. We just had all the cameras set. I appreciate y'all, man. I, I'm fired up. It's exciting to see everybody. Our online, Can we give it up for our online audience? Come on, we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, man, we, we, we hope and pray that the Holy Spirit's moving right where you're at because, man, it's powerful in here this morning, and I thank you for tuning in. We can't wait to see everybody. Uh, whenever you come back around, whenever you get a chance to come back around, come on, we love you. We have people tuning in from all over the place. It's pretty awesome uh, that I get to meet people from different states, and, and we have people tuning in from different countries, and, and it is powerful. So, so I love that fact that we have a production team that can make that happen. Can we give it up for our production team this morning? Man, they do a great job. Um, if you're new to the church or first time here in a while, uh, do us a favor, fill out a connection card for us. Looks like that up on the screen. Should have got in a bulletin this morning if you don't have it. Uh, raise your hand, and I'll call somebody out to get you one. <laughs> but take some time, fill that out. Let us know that you're new here or that it's your first time in a while. We want to reach out to you, want to pray for you, want to share about our church. That's about it. Um, just let you know that you're loved and, and, and answer any questions and pray for you. So that's what that's all about. But we can't do that if, if you don't fill that out. So that's kind of important. I'm going to you know, ask you right now to download the app. If you don't have our app, there's a lot of information out there. Uh, most of it's on the app, so you can get it all there. So it's important you have that app. Uh, it's all new, so if you had the old app from like a year ago, that's gone. So you're probably not getting any updates on it because it's canceled. So um, we didn't cancel as a church. We just changed apps. So go ahead and download the new app. You'll find it all over the church. A um, couple important things going on. Our normal announcements, I know we talk about it every week, but it's so important. Monday night at 6 p.m., be right here. It's prayer night. Look, we, we have a foundation of prayer in our church. And what that means is that, that, that it, when we're ready to see the glory come, we've got to be prepared for that. So we have to have a foundation set up in our church that can handle that weight. And that's going to come through prayer. That's going to come through worship. That's what all that is. So we're going to, guess what we're going to do? We're going we're to saturate this place. We're going to continue to pray over this place. We're going to get it prepared all throughout the week so that on Sunday when everybody shows up, man, it is powerful and it is prepared. That's what we're going to do. That starts on Monday. So Monday at 6 o'clock, be here. Tuesday at the table is our, um, our midweek service on Tuesdays. Show up on Tuesdays. It's more intimate. It's, you can ask questions. It's a little more personal. It's really cool. We also live stream that so you can catch it online. Um, we have, we have a, a guest speaker this week, so it's going to be awesome. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he's not a guest. He's part of the family, but it'll be his first time speaking. So come on out and, and, and visit with us on Tuesday. Um, Wednesday night, drop your kids off. Destiny Kids Ministry, Destiny Student Ministry. It all happens right here at 6 p.m. So we surrender the campus to them. Drop them off. Go do something. Free babysitting. 
drop them off. They're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost while they're here, but, you know, it's okay. Uh, just drop them off and go do something. Uh, they're going to have a blast. And if you're not one of those drop-off parents, that's good. That means you're a volunteer. We'll get you serving in the children's ministry and the student ministry because they need you too. Um, and that'll be really powerful. So I look forward to that. Young adults, if you're 18 to 28, we meet here on Friday night. So come on out and join us. You can't do life alone. I'm telling you, you've got to do life with other people your age. Let's get plugged in. Let's get everything together on, on Friday nights. That's a good time. Uh, I'm excited about today. Uh, today is going to be a powerful day. It is our baptism day. Come on, let's get excited about baptism. Not only baptism, but baptism and burgers. So in other words... <laughs> Afterwards, we're fellowshipping as a church because we're a family, y'all. So, so you can't leave here without fellowship today. So afterwards, uh, we're going we're to fellowship and we're going to have burgers together and, and it's going to be phenomenal. So, um, but here's the, here's the cool part about today. God put it on my heart that we're going to baptize somebody today. We didn't have anybody sign up. But God put it on my heart we're baptizing somebody. What that means is he's ready to move in this house. And he's going to move today. And I believe it. And that's why we filled up the tank. That's why we got it ready. That's why we cooked all the burgers because we're going to celebrate today. And I believe God put it on somebody's heart either today. He put it on it a month ago. It could have been two months ago that your next step is to get baptized. It could be I'm going to get baptized again because guess what? I'm, I'm ready. To, I, now I know my new identity in Christ and I definitely want to do it under that. Uh, for some of you, you've never been baptized before. Some of you recently um, received Christ in your heart. And you re recently surrendered to that. Well, the next step after that is baptism. Some of you are going to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior today, and the next step is baptism, so we're not going to have you wait. We have shorts, we have t-shirts, we have everything you need here today. And I believe today is going to happen. So usually what happens is when we find out nobody signed up, we don't do it. But that's not what God told me, so we're doing it. <laughs> Which means I'll, I'm not going to stand in there until somebody gets baptized. What I'm saying is I just believe it, there, there's going to be people. Uh, and, and we're going to get prepared for that today, and we're going to celebrate that today. So pray about that if that's you, if that's touching you in the heart. If you're like, oh, man, why you got to call me out? Because I know sometimes I talk, and I'm calling you out. I don't know I'm calling you out, but the Holy Spirit's calling you out. If that's you, surrender to that today. Just accept that today. Walk in that today and say, you know what, today's the day, and I'm not going to wait another day, and we're going to just do it today, and then we get to celebrate afterwards. So please do that. Uh, I'm excited about uh, Father's Day, uh, June 20th. We're going to have Eddie James in the house. Come on. Yeah, real important. It's going to be awesome uh, Sunday Sunday morning. Eddie James will be here, uh, all him and his whole crew. Uh, so what I ask you to do is we're going to be inviting other churches in too. So um, get here early. <laughs> I don't ever tell somebody you got to get here early and save your seats. What I'm saying is that it, it, it's going to be good. Like, and uh, So we're excited over that. So, so plan for that. We'll have more information out on the website and all that. We're trying to keep it. A little bit lower, I already have people emailing me and asking about, hey, you know, when's it happening, what are we doing? So um, it'll be out there, but we are prepared. So I'm telling you because I want you to start praying about this. He has an amazing ministry. Okay, he pours into young adults, and he, he rescues these teens and young adults off the streets, gets them out of drugs, gets them out of all that stuff, and what he does is he pours into them. And, and, and they become worshipers. They, and this is what he does as a ministry. Uh, this is what he does is he raises up young adults to go out and be worshipers. So it's a powerful ministry. They have a lot of things. They go to, they, they go to you know, Israel. They go all over the place on mission trips. They go in and, and they just do a lot of things. So if you, if you really feel led in your heart that you want to pour into a ministry like that, this would be the one. And we're going to receive a love offering that day for his ministry. So I want you to be praying about that. That's not for everybody. I'm not telling you you have to give. What I'm saying is if God puts that on your heart, we're going to receive a love offering that day. So just be prepared to do that because I know sometimes I go places and, and I want to do something and I'm not prepared to do it. And then I feel like, well, how do I catch up? So 
you don't have to catch up to this one. I'm going to give you a head start. So, uh, but it's going to be good. We're excited about that. Um, I'm excited because didn't Kevin do an amazing job last week? Come on. I'm, I'm excited because we have, we have a phenomenal team, a phenomenal family here. Um, that Look, this is not about one person. It's, it's about a family. So it doesn't matter if I'm preaching, if Kevin's preaching, if somebody else is preaching, Brother Bo's up here. It doesn't matter. We are a family, and we will continue to operate as a church, and nothing changes. And it was powerful. We got to watch online, and we got to be an online audience. And the only thing I missed watching online was you because I can't see you. So I think we need to get some people on cameras up here running back and forth because I couldn't see everybody and I couldn't lay hands on everybody, you know, and, and love on people. That's what I missed. Uh, but, man, it was really good online, and I appreciate everybody that makes that happen. Um, and one last thing is uh, just a special thing because tomorrow is my baby's birthday. And I love you, baby. I love you. She's going to be 25. Can, can I tell them how old you're going to be? You good with that? She's going to be 50 years old tomorrow. Come on. So I know my wife, she doesn't like a lot of things. She really doesn't like flowers. That's why they're cheap. Don't worry. I love you, baby. Like, she don't like me spending money on stuff that dies. She's like, don't do that. But uh, <laughs> she's like, don't spend money on stuff that dies. I'm like, that's fine. I won't spend much money on them. But, uh, but <laughs> Yeah, she got all kinds of stuff. She's blessed. <laughs> and I'm blessed. I'm really the blessed one. Uh, I just get to follow her around. But, um, but yeah, I, I ask you this. If you want to uh, hang out afterwards, we're going to celebrate afterwards. So we're going to fellowship afterwards. And we get to, if you want to love on her and, and congratulate her, we're going to be here afterwards doing that uh, over in the trailer. So I look forward to that and um, just spending some time with her and celebrating her, her birth. Because without her, I would not be here. That's not a lie. It's easy to say without her, my kids wouldn't be here. But without her, I wouldn't be here. I don't know where I'd be. She is truly, what a word this morning. She is truly of the heartbeat and, and the rock. Love you. She looks good for 50. <laughs> I can't even focus right now. I need to, need to move on. I don't, I don't know where I left off. Okay, y'all have a great day. <laughs> Come on, so good, so good. Mm. Jesus, we're talking about identity. That's what we are. All right, so Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you. And I thank you for today. God, I ask you to bless this word. Let it be all of you and none of me, God. I ask you to fill up my heart right now. And Father, whatever comes out of my mouth, let it land on the ears and the hearts of those that need to hear it this morning. God, touch us and touch this place. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, I'm fired up because we are in a, in a brand new series called Identity. We've been in it for about a year. I really don't do series anymore. I just kind of jump into something, and we call it a series just to keep you moving. Um, but I'm really liking this. I'm not going to get out of identity until we understand who we really are uh, because this is what it's all about. It's about our identity and how we can start walking in confidence in who God says we are. And, and that's important. It's important to understand who he says you are. And, and when we start doing that, here's the good part. Uh, he not only calls us, uh, by a new name. He doesn't only um, call us to be a light in the darkness, right? He calls us to be all kinds of things. He, he, he calls us to bring the gospel to other people, all right? So, so, and maybe that's not a name, but that's an action. He calls us to shine brighter than anybody else. You, you, you know, when he calls us to be a light, what that means is that darkness can't live where light goes into. 
All right, so, so you are called to be the light. He is the light of the world, but you are also the light of the world because that's who he calls you to be. So, so when we do that, when we enter into that, when we understand that, guess what? We start to change the world. We start to do exactly what our vision of this church is, which is to reach people beyond the walls of this church, beyond the, the, the lines of this city and the borders of this nation. That's exactly what we're called to do. That's what God put on our heart as a church. We can't do that until you understand who you are. We can't do that until you start operating in an identity that he's given you. And that's what we're talking about. That's what we've been just kind of diving into uh, for a while. Why? Because he renamed you. <laughs> he renamed you. You're a new creation in him. And I talk about this because in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. You are not a, a rework. You're not an old car that somebody puts mud on and cleans it up and, and, and you know, kind of paints it over with a bad paint job. He says, you are brand new. So when you come to me, everything that happened in your past is gone. Everything is deleted. You are brand new in me. You're a new creation. You don't bring any of that other stuff with you. He says, I will wipe it clean. We'll take it all away. I'll wipe it clean. You're brand new in me. That includes your old identity, your old life of sin, the old power of Satan in your life. You know, Satan, Satan has power, but, but he doesn't have the authority. Right? So, so, so we got rid of that. All that stuff, our old mindsets. So... So we also, he says, you're a son and daughter. And that's hard for people to understand. That he says, you are a son and daughter. That's hard because, well, no, it's Jesus. And he says, no, no, it's you. Jesus might have been the first one, but you came along right beside him. So we are all sons and daughters of his, which means we have the same access and we have the same authority that he has. Think about that one and let that one sink in. I'm not saying you're Jesus. What I'm saying is that you have the same access to him and the same authority on this world and this planet that he did, which means you can walk into places and call it to light. You can walk into places and tell people they can be healed. You can walk into places and God will use you to break the chains off people because you have that authority in your life. But a lot of times we don't operate in that authority because we don't, we don't receive it. We don't understand how he could use us. We don't understand, like, like, how can I have that authority? Because you're a son and you're a daughter. Hmm. So he gives us this new thing called a beloved identity. A beloved identity. A beloved identity. And I love this because if you go into John 7, we won't go there, but John 17, 23, Jesus prays that we know that God loves us with the same love that he loves Jesus. He says that. Jesus says, I pray. Now, you know, in that, in that verse, he's praying for himself, and then he's praying for his disciples, and then he's praying for all believers. And he says, my biggest prayer is that they understand that you love them just as much as you love me. Jesus is praying that to the Father, that we understand that. So if that's one of his prayers upon his last time on this earth, you think it's kind of important that you understand that he loves you just as much as he loves Jesus. That's powerful. And when we start walking in that and you start understanding that, man, we become powerful. And everything we do becomes powerful, not because we are special, but because he is working through us, right? It's all to glorify him. It's all him. We can't earn it. We can't work for it. We can't do special deeds just to get it. He says, I love you because I love you. Because I made you. And knowing that's going to change how you see yourself. Hmm. So... I always have a go-to verse. It's really long, so I shortened it down because I covered the whole thing. But I'll, my biggest part of this verse is Isaiah 62, Isaiah 62, 4. 
And I'm going to sit, not sit there, but I want to re- I want to rehash that because that's my go-to verse. That's where I was when God started unveiling things and talking to me. And, and so I always go back to this. In Isaiah 62, 4, um, a lot of people, like I said, this is prophetic. A lot of people think it's just for Jerusalem. But here's the thing. It's prophetic, so therefore it's for you. And when you start reading the Bible like it's for you and not for other people, like you're left out, when you read it for it, it's like for you, uh, things start happening. Things start changing. You start believing a different thing about yourself. And here it says, you will never again be called the abandoned one, nor will your land be called deserted, but you will be called my delight is in you. We call that Hephzibah. And that's what we've been talking about for months and months is you are called Hephzibah. The Lord delights in you. In your land, my beloved wife, for Yahweh founds, finds his delight in you, and he married your land. And I didn't even got into that part of it. I'm still talking about you. I don't, I don't care about our land yet. I don't care about what he's producing on your land and everything you touch yet. I just, I really want you to understand who you are. Because that changes everything. That changes everything. So you're not abandoned, no matter what you've done. Your land is not deserted. You're Hephzibah. We are sons and daughters to him. And Father delights in you. Doesn't matter what you did last night. He's still sitting there and he delights in you. He's not going to leave you. Just like a parent's never going to leave their child. He delights in you. And like I said, we're also supposed to be the light to the dark. And my verse for that that I go into was Isaiah 60, 1 through 3. And I just let this verse gets me fired up. So that's why I keep repeating it. Just so one, if I keep repeating it, maybe you'll start studying it. I told you we're going to start studying as we go through this. So stay in the word. Keep reading it. It says, rise up in splendor and be radiant for your light is dawn has dawned and Yahweh's glory now streams from you like I said plug your name in there it streams from you his glory streams from you everywhere you go it streams from you I've talked about being drenched in his love I talked about all that stuff but now I'm saying wherever you go his glory streams from you that's totally different it's like laser eyes (laughs) everywhere I look I can hit things drenched means you got to be close enough for me to splatter stuff on you Laser eyes means I can just look at something, boom, and his glory is going forth. That's what it says. It says, look carefully, darkness blankets the earth and thick gloom covers the nations, but Yahweh arises upon you and the brightness of his glory appears over you. Nations will be attracted to your radiant light and kings to the sunrise glory of a new day. So when we talk about this light, this is, and I'm I'm just repeating all this because I want you to keep remembering this. It's fos light. This is heavenly light. This is God light. It's fos. That's the light he's talking about. So that's the light you have in you. You have a God light in you, right? And so, so when I look at darkness, darkness is not always sin. Sometimes darkness is just not realizing who you are. Think about that, because if, if we're the light and darkness only exists where light isn't, right? So darkness exists only where light isn't and we're the light. So what if us not operating in the right identity to cast light wherever we go is just like darkness? That's what darkness is. It's us not, not casting light where we go. So God's light, which is in us, right, wherever we go should come with us and should light up any bit of darkness we walk into. So if there's darkness in the world, it's because we're not casting light. He put us all on here to cast light. And God's light only deals with perspective. We start thinking that, that, that God light deals with our behavior, but it deals with perspective first. Once you understand who you are in him, your behavior will change. That's how it works. But we get so focused on people when we go, well, how can you do that now? Because you're saved. 
Well, it's a different perspective. You're looking, at, you're, you're looking at, at their actions already, and God's trying to change their heart. When your heart changes, your actions change. That's how that works. So he says, I'm going to attack the heart. Anyway, I'm not talking about any of that. That was just to get you up to speed. So I want to jump down to where I left off two weeks ago before our vacation. By the way, our vacation was awesome. Hardest part is wearing jeans again. I'm just letting you know. I almost came up here in shorts and flip-flops because that's what I've been doing for the last week. <laughs> I was like, I got to wear jeans? They're tighter too. I don't understand. Good food and shorts will do it to you. All right, so I want to pick up where we left off. I was, I was in Isaiah 54, and I was actually going 1 through 10. I'm not even going to read all that because I'm not going to get that far today. Um, I only got, I brought that up two weeks ago, and I only got to the third verse. <laughs> so I'm going to pick it up in the fourth verse, and I'm hoping to get through six. So we're going to go a little ways uh, what we want to do. But I'm going to read 1 through 6 uh, to get you up to speed. Once again, this is prophetic, so you need to start, start reading the Bible with your name injected in there says rejoice with singing you barren one you who have never given birth burst into song into a song of joy and shout you who have never been in labor for the deserted wife will have more children than the married one says Yahweh increase is coming so enlarge your tent and add extensions to your dwelling hold nothing back make the tent ropes longer and the pegs stronger you will increase and spread out in every direction your sons and daughters will conquer nations and revitalize desolate cities that's where I stopped last week. This week we'll pick it up here. Do not fear, for your shame is no more. Do not be embarrassed, for you will not be disgraced. You will forget the inadequacy you felt in your youth and will no longer remember the shame of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. His name is Yahweh, commander of angel armies. Your kingsman redeemer is the holy one of Israel. He has the title mighty God of all the earth. For I, Yahweh, have invited you to come back like a depressed, deserted wife, like a young wife who has experienced rejection. I am drawing you back to me, says Yahweh. And if you've never read that with a different perspective and a different look at who he's speaking to, this will change the way you think. This will change the way you think. So to catch you up, you know, one through three, we talk about rejoice with singing. And I only bring this up because I think this is really cool. And it says, rejoice with singing, you barren one. And we talked about this, how it's funny when we talk about being barren. That's a spiritual barrenness. This is a, a lack of, of, it's a spiritual barrenness in your life. So there's a lack there. But it says, rejoice. So here you have two spectrums here. He's saying, rejoice and be happy, even though you're barren. And we don't understand that, but that's what gets us through that. The, the joy, the cry out of worship. And we talked about that. I like this because when we were on vacation, um, I love it. When you go on vacation, God doesn't go on vacation. He still brings people into your life wherever you're at, and he says, I'm going to use it. Um, so I remember our first day on vacation, I'm walking outside of the place we were staying, and um, there was a house across the street, and there was a guy in his car getting into his car, and I'm not a talker or anything, so I just walked up and said, hey, how you doing? And I was shocked because he started talking back, and I'm like, this is kind of cool. He's like, hey, how you doing? I was like, good. I said, and I was just trying to get information about, like, what's good to eat, where are we going, like, like you you're right there what's good to fish with out here in the lagoon i'm like that would be really nice and he says no i don't live here man he goes uh, my, uh somebody in my church let us use the house and i was like that's pretty awesome I said somebody did that with us too <laughs> and he goes yeah i'm the pastor and i was like uh-oh i always say uh-oh on that because now i know it's going to get deep now now i know there, there's a time that 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 all of a sudden our conversation is going to change just a little bit 
And I said, I'm a pastor too. And he's like, really? And he just started sharing his story. So I didn't even have to say anything. So for once, I got to sit there and listen to this pastor. And he just starts going in. He goes, man, I've been in ministry for 30 years. He goes, about four years ago, we didn't know what to do. He goes, I started a church with six people. We had about 50 people. We were trying to, to do it. And he goes, my wife and I have been doing this for a long time. He goes, I came in and he goes, but the people in our church said, you need to go fast and pray. And that's what he did. He says, I came and fast and prayed and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he says, this is what the Lord told me. He goes, I heard him say this. He says, you need to worship. He goes, you need to worship me. He goes, and that'll change everything. And I'm just listening. because I'm But you know me, I'm like, <laughs> can I tell you? <laughs> I, I just, I just want to get it out of my mouth. I'm like, you don't understand what like, he's doing to us. But you know, he's in his 70s, so he's, you know, I'm letting him speak. You know, you know, respect your elders. Even though I, I want to do the one-up in the conversation, <laughs> I'm like, hang on, boom. Like, let me tell you about what I can do. But, uh, but it was so good, he starts talking about, yeah, he told me that. And he goes, I had to go back to my church four years ago and say, guess what, guys? We're going to worship. And he goes, I don't mean like regular worship. I mean, we're going to enter into worship, and if we never come out of worship, we don't come out of worship. He goes, if I don't have a word, I'm not going to have a word, but we're going to go worship the Lord because that's what he told me to do. And I'm like, man, this guy's cool. I'm thinking, man, we, we got the same word, <laughs> you know. And, and he told me, he kept going, he goes, and that was four years ago. He goes, my church has tripled since then. He goes, I went from, and, I'm, and this isn't even about size of churches. He just says, the church has tripled, but the foundation of the church has grown. And, and God is moving in a mighty way. And he goes, since then, man, we had property given to us. And, and, our, and he just keeps going. And I'm sitting here going, this guy's reading my story. And I'm like, how do you tell him that without him going, yeah, right. <laughs> like, you don't have your own story. So I didn't. I just kind of sat back. And I, just, and I let him do it. But it was nice how God worked. Because what God was doing was reassuring me that he's doing this with a lot of people. He said, what you're doing is right. He's been doing it for four years, and he's walking in it, and it's phenomenal. And he goes, I can't, I can't even under, I, he goes, I, I can't explain the people because that's not who we were. He goes, but, but, but when I surrendered to that and just said, let's worship him first. Let's give him all the worship and all the praise and all the honor and all the glory and let him do what he wants to do. And he goes, and now the pressure is off him. He goes, now we're back because he goes, we're actually going to retire. <laughs> he goes, God gave me the word that he... He's given the church to somebody else, uh, which is somebody that he brought up in ministry a long time ago, which was his student pastor. And he's like, it's really cool that he reconnected us and God told him. But either way, the, the whole point of that was he connected us because he wanted me to hear that. He says, I need you to meet somebody that I've been working with for four years. I've been working with you for two and a half. Let, let me introduce somebody to you to somebody who's been doing this for four years. And, and I can see the, 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 just the peace in his in his life and his wife she was peaceful and he was like this wasn't us before he goes it was always a worry about what's next and how are we going to do this and how are we going to please people and and this is when it comes to worship this is what i'm talking about because because he's talking about having a foundation and, I, and I'm, I'm saying we need a foundation because when the glory of god drops <laughs> a skinny foundation with just a whole bunch of people and not a lot of foundation is not going to last you need a foundation built on him, built on, built on his glory, built, built on prayer, built on fasting, built on all that stuff. And I'm not saying any of that's bad, but it's going to take a foundation to hold it. And it's going to be good. And, and what I really saw with this was little pockets. So, and, and somebody said this, I can't remember who it was. Um, it, we had, actually, this was a couple years ago. Uh, one of the guys that came in with Brother Bo, I was talking with him, and he had been, I think his name was Andrew. And he was like, no, he goes, God's showing me pockets. Of, of light that, that are spreading out like spiders 
and they're touching these other little pockets. And what we realized is those pockets were churches. Those pockets were little lights of people that were saying yes to God. And what it was is it was all over the world. It, was these little, it wasn't these big churches taking on, you know, the entire United States, one big church. Everything's online. It was these little churches that were all going in. And then they're all in here and all in there. And guess what? The streams, the beams of glory, God's glory coming out of each church, they were touching each other. And therefore, the whole place was lighting up. And I started seeing that as I started seeing these little churches. And, and, and I say little, and, and for some people, little could be five people, little could be 500, little could be 5,000. I don't know what little is in perspective to everybody. But what it was was just these pockets of, of his glory that were willing to say yes. And they were all connected, and it was going to light the entire world and this is what he showed me when i was down there so i'm like man i'm on vacation <laughs> lord can i just not sit here and just enjoy the water and and not not but no he's like no i'm, I'm gonna show you some stuff while you're down here so i just wanted to share that with you i didn't want to get all in that i'm not talking about that either <sighs> all right but it's so good i'm gonna I'm going to pick it right up on, on uh, verse 4. So I want to get into the good stuff, uh, what I really want to talk about today, because I think this is very important to, to who we are, and this is important to your identity. In verse 4, it says, Do not fear, your shame is no more. Do not be embarrassed, for you will not be disgraced. You will forget the inadequacy you felt in your youth, and you will no longer remember the shame of your widowhood. You know, if I go all the way to the end of that, the shame of your widowhood, and it's, it's when you weren't married to him. And you're like, that's kind of weird. I'll get to it. Just keep that on your mind. So shame, what is shame? Shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Shame is also the inner experience of being not wanted. It is feeling worthless, rejected, casted out. Shame is believing that one is bad. Shame is believing that, that one is not loved. Because one is not lovable. That's shame. And if you can walk in shame, what you do is you no longer walk in your identity. So what happens, that's how the enemy gets us. See, see, <laughs> we give, the enemy has power, but he doesn't have authority. See, the enemy has power, but no authority. When we walk in shame, we give him authority in our life. We give him the ability to tell us who we are. And that's where he's saying, that's not what this is about. God says, I've given you an identity. If you listen to me, we won't have a problem. Problem is, you're listening to the one that has no authority on earth, and you're giving them authority, and he's telling you you're ashamed. And I don't know why we listen to that more than we listen to him. Because that's what this is dealing with. And you see this because it happened with Adam and Eve in the garden. Right? They, they messed up. And it says they hid from God. God didn't hide from them. The same God that loved them before loved them afterwards. They hid from him. So what happens when you have shame in your life, you hide. You find a place to hide. It could be, it could be in anything you do. It could be in your worship. It could be in your job. It could be anywhere. You hide yourself as much as you can to cover up the shame in your life. And God says, I don't want you to cover it up. I want you to be clear of it. I want you to be healed from it. I want you to give it to me so I can take it from you. Because you're not supposed to walk in that identity. When you walk in the identity I gave you, there's no room for shame. But we keep carrying it. Like we choose to carry it. That's a choice you make in your life. Is to carry the shame. Because we've all been through stuff. Like we, we've all done stuff. 
Some of us have taken that and left it where it belongs. And some of us picked it up. And they keep walking with it going, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this with me because this is who I identify with. But that's not who God says you identify with. He says, I've given you an identity. So not only did they do that, you know, uh, David, think about David. David and Beth, Beth, uh, Bathsheba. I said that a gazillion times in my life. Bathsheba. Think about that, the shame he had. He went out and killed her husband. Adulterer, murderer. And he lived in shame. He lived in shame. The woman at the well, y'all heard that story. She lived in shame. Five husbands. She would go to the well when no one was there because she was shameful. She didn't want to be seen. And Jesus met her there. Right? How about the woman with the issue of blood? She didn't even do anything wrong. It was an issue she had in her, and she was shameful because of it. And therefore, she carried it with her. So sometimes the shame you carry wasn't even yours in the first place. You didn't cause it. You just decided to carry it. He says, you can't carry it. It's not for you. I call it, it's pride-fueled shame. It's fueled by pride. That's what it is. Fueled by pride. And the key to breaking a, the, the power of a pride-fueled shame is a humility-fueled faith. See, that's where you've got to pick that up. It's a humility-fueled faith that will break that chain off you. So shame pronounces us guilty and deficient. Jesus pronounces us guiltless and promises that his grace will be sufficient for us in all our weaknesses you got to receive that you need to receive that this morning because there's a lot of people walking with stuff they're not supposed to be walking with mm. and that's what happened to the woman at a well she listened to jesus and what did he do he took all the shame from her she ended up going out and almost being an apostle in that whole area in the towns where she was she shared the gospel and all it took was one encounter with him. One encounter for that to happen. For her to go back and drop her shame, get a new identity, get the identity that he had given her, and to walk in with it. So you're not too far gone. He says, if you just give me the identity you've been carrying that doesn't belong to me and that I didn't give to you, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use you. I'm going to use you for the purpose I made you for. He said, you just got to let it go. That's what happened to King David, right? He confessed his sin. He repented. That's one of those keys to that. I always think that when, if, you, if, you, if you got caught up in sin, guess what? You need to talk to somebody. You need to talk to somebody who's accountable, who's going to hold you accountable. Because there's a power when you talk about something like that that you've been hiding that releases that, and there's a freedom that comes with that. You know, you can talk to Jesus, but sometimes you need somebody close to you that can, that can walk side by side with you and say, I got your back, and it's okay because I'm not going to judge you. I don't care about that stuff. And that's what he's saying. He goes, that's what, you know, David had to repent from that stuff. So repenting from that is important, but then find somebody you can trust. Find somebody you can talk to that's not going to judge you. And that's what happened to the lady with the issue of blood. If you notice, she had to come to him, and he asked her, why, why, why did you do that? And she had to say it in front of everybody. There are so many people Jesus didn't know who touched him. And she had to say why she, w she touched him. And it says she told it all. So she, she shared her shame with everybody. And Jesus took it all from her. 
I'm telling you, it's so powerful when you realize that you're carrying something you don't need to be carrying. And he's willing to take it from you. And he's willing to use you because he has a plan and purpose in your life. He, look, look, he created you before he created the earth. Think about that. So if you really think about that, he created you. You were in heaven with him and Jesus and the Holy Spirit together, hanging out. And you're all like, hang on, like this is getting a little deep. And then he brought you to this world. Because how can he create you but you not be a being? So he created you, and then he brought you to this world. Why did he bring you to this world? Worship him. Share the gospel. To be like him so he could fellowship with you. So he brought you here for a purpose. And he says, if you'll just lose the identity that you picked up along the way and trust my identity that I have in you, that I created before any of this happened, I can use you in a mighty way. I can bring peace and and love and everything that you've ever wanted to do that I've wanted you to do, I can make that happen. So it's not too far gone. He says, I can do this for you. And it was all used, all those things. Every time he healed somebody, every time he did something, it, it, was, it was because Jesus made her shame, the, the, the lady's shame with the blood, a showcase for his grace. He said, I'm going to use it for my good. I'm going to show people how good I am. Trying to let people know that I'm a good, good father. And if you'll let me, I'll help you. If you'll let me, I'll do this. Paul put it this way in Philippians 3.12-14. It says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me to make me his own. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. He goes, I forget all of the past as I have fastened my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So how do you move forward? You forget and leave the past in the past. You can't take it with you. When you surrender that to him, man, he is just waiting. Like I said, he's with you. He's like, as soon as you get rid of that and you accept this identity in your life, man, it's going to be powerful. I can use you in a mighty way. When you realize that he has forgiven everything you've done, he's forgiven it. When you realize that, you can walk with no shame in your life. You're like, yeah, but it just happened last night. Yep. Did you ask for forgiveness? He can forgive it, and he can use you. And that's why I want destiny to be a place like that. I want people to be able to come into destiny, a place where, where you don't feel shame. Where when you come in this place, it doesn't matter what you've been through in your life, you're going to feel his love. That's the goal of this church. We want everybody to be accepted, everybody to feel his love, everybody to understand it doesn't matter what you've done in your life, what you've been through in your life, what you're going through in your life. We're here to wrap our arms around you in love with the same love of him. That's what we do as a church. That's how people should feel when they come through the door. They should feel his love flowing over them. And believe it or not, that's what people say they feel when they come in. They go, man, I just felt his love and his presence. That's how it should be. Because God has a plan and purpose for each one of us. He just wants us to get over the problems that are, that are holding us up. It's not him, it's you. He's like, you need to get over it. It's pride-filled. You're not willing to humble yourself 
and release what you want to carry because you just don't believe it enough. You don't understand your identity. He says, I've given you a new identity. Trust in me. So when are you going to let it go? We give way too much authority to the one that doesn't deserve it and not enough authority to the one who does. Think about that. <laughs> we give power to the one that, <laughs> that, that has no power, but we let him speak into our life, and our father, we don't even give him a chance, or we don't believe it. Man, we really got to check where we're going with that. So quit thinking you're not good enough. So you know a good way to do that? Drop the shame, pick up the word. That's a good one. Get rid of your shame, pick up the word. Let's start sharing the gospel. Let's start sharing his love. And let's get doing what God asked us to do. You, you got the same speed bump that you keep putting down in front of your car. It's like putting one of those tire locks on it. <laughs> Someone comes, takes it off. You're like, no, no, no. I like it on there. You ever driven one of those things on there? No. <laughs> Makes a lot of noise. Really slow. I don't know where that ties into this, but don't do it. It's probably not good. Get rid of that thing. Let them take it from you. So verse 5 says, For your maker is your husband. His name is Yahweh, commander of angel armies. Your kingsman redeemer is the holy one of Israel. He has the title mighty God of all earth. A lot of you have a hard time with that, that Yahweh is your husband. He's your husband. Receive it. Be a bride. For some of you manly men. You're a bride. He loves you like a bride. He loves us that way. Come on. Daniel, you're a bride. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Look, he loves you. He wants to be intimate with you. And a lot of times we get, we get that messed up. Because his intimacy, it's face to face. And I've talked about this before. It's totally different. I pulled my baby up here, but I might not let her go. There's a difference between standing beside him and being face to face with somebody. And he says, I want to be face to face with you. I want to look in your eyes and I love you that much that I made you that way. And I want to kiss on you. I want to love on you because you're my bride. That's how much I love you. He wants time alone with you in the secret place. So he says, I'm jealous. <laughs> I want time with you. Every day I want to spend time with you because I love you that much. He can't hate you. He loves you. He's a kingsman redeemer. If you don't know what that is, that's like a, a, a male relative that goes in when the husband is killed and, and their job is to redeem. Their job is to, to get everything back. In fact, it says that this person avenges, this is in case there's been a murder or something, and, and delivers rescues and in many cases redeems property or whatever it is. And it's way beyond your nuptial agreements. This is, this is, this is somebody that comes in so why is he this person? Because Jesus redeems us. He pays our debts. He, ma he marries us into the family of God and restores us. Not like adopts you. This is not an adoption. See, so come, sometimes there's an adoption, but it's really not the same. It's like, well, I adopted you. You're part of the family, but, but Jesus says, no, 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 no. I've, I've, I, you are married into the family. You know, this is how it works. You're part of the family now. You're part of the blood. So you have all the right entitlements and, and all the right inheritances. And he goes, you are blood. He says, that's why I married you. And he redeems us in every way. 
And if you take that back to Isaiah 62, where I was, you know, which started this whole thing, in 62.5, it says, as a young man marries the young woman he loves, so your builder's sons will marry you. That's totally different. I'll get into that later. But as the bridegroom finds joy in his union with his bride, so will your God take joy in his union with you. He wants, he wants to spend time with you and enjoy the union with you. You can't do that if you don't accept the identity he's given you as his bride. And you're like, well, how can I be a bride and a son? You can do it all. He'll make you all of them. So back to, to verse 6, it says, For I, Yahweh, have, have invited you to come back like a depressed, deserted wife, like a young wife who has experienced rejection. I'm drawing you back to me, says Yahweh. says, I'm drawing you back to me. When I thought of this, the, the story of uh, Hosea and Gomer came up. <laughs> and I started, if you've never read that story, you need to get in there and read it. Uh, I think it's one through three or something like that. Um, but she was a prostitute. And it was spoken over him. He's like a preacher. Uh, and, and God told him, you're going to go marry her. Which at the time would have been really weird. But he obeyed and he married her. And then after he married her, they, they, they gave birth to a child. But then overall what happens is she ends up falling back into the same lifestyle she was in before. So she starts with adultery and she starts and she finally actually uh, goes out and almost sells herself back into slavery to be sold for all kinds of things. And her husband comes after her. And I know there's probably families in here that you've dealt with a spouse and betrayal and all that stuff that you've gone back to and some of you that haven't gone back to. Here's a husband that said, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you've done. I love you this much because you are my bride. I'm going to go back and I'm going to get you. I'm going to redeem you. I'm going. In fact, he went back and paid money for something that was already his. He says, I'm willing to go all that way to rescue you from that. This is what popped in my head when I read this because he says, I'm drawing you back like this. Like a depressed, deserted wife. I could imagine the, the thoughts going through her and, and the emotion on her heart when he showed up and said, I'm taking you home. And she's like, how could you take me home with everything I've done to you? And God says, guess what? <laughs> I'm going to marry you and you're going to be my bride and I'm never going to leave you because I love you that much. So he goes, I'm going to keep coming after you. How many times? 70 times 7. <laughs> he says, I'm going to keep coming back you're not going to stop my love for you. Just like he did with his wife and went and pulled her back out of everything she got herself back into. So he says, I don't care what you're in. I don't care what you've been in. I don't care where you went back to. He says, you are mine and I love you and I'm coming to get you. That's the father we serve. That's who loves you. That's the love you've got to receive in your life and the identity you've got to take on so you can walk in the freedom to do what God wants you to do. But we get so hung up with that because we're human. <laughs> and we don't forgive people that way in our own lives. So how can somebody forgive me that much? Huh, it's just not somebody. He's it. You see this because we have people that, you know, I can tie it in when people, you know, they'll surrender their heart to Christ and um, even get baptized and then mess up and go, oh, well, I'm done. God's done with me. 
No, God loves you. Quit thinking God's done with you. Quit thinking that you've got to go back and fast and pray for 20 days before he'll even look at you. It's completely wrong. He says, I love you. I was there when you did it. Will you receive me? Will you let me wash you clean? Will you let me pick you up? Will you stop doing what you're doing, but allow me to wash you clean? And we have a hard time accepting that. So some of you probably been lost, felt rejected in the world, felt lost and rejected by God and some stuff you've been doing. And he's calling you back. And he says, no, you're my bride. I'm not giving up on you. I'll never give up. You'll give up on you before I give up on you. And that's usually what happens. We give up on ourselves. And he says, I'll never give up on you. Nothing's going to stop his pursuit of you. If you're enslaved, God will buy you back. If you're lost, God will find you. If you're ashamed, God will cover you. If you wander off, he's going to bring you home. If you give up on him, he's not going to give up on you. No matter where you are, he sees you and he loves you. That's the identity we need to walk in. That's how you got to understand who he is. He's a father that loves you. And he loves you that much. The only thing stopping you from walking in that freedom is you. Is you. you got to put on a different perspective. you got to look at yourself through his eyes, not yours. Because it's easy to wake up in the morning and be in regret for something you said to somebody or something you did. That's not how he looks at you. <laughs> you wake up and he looks at you and he says, you're my bride. You're Hephzibah. I delight in you. I love you. It's another day. Let's get to it. Let's spend time together. Let me love on you so you can love on some other people. And when you do this, you start shining like a torch. If you ever lit a fire in a dark place, it goes. It just burns. You don't have to do much to it. It brightens up the whole place. Throw a Christmas tree on it, see what happens. Best place for a Christmas tree is in a fireplace. <laughs> but it goes up, man. And it lights up the entire sky. I mean, we live out in the country, so when we do it, we, we do like 15-foot trees, man. It's awesome. What I'm saying is that you don't have to work towards that. You light that thing, and it lights up. And that's how he wants you to be. He wants you to be a torch in the dark. He wants you to be a light in the darkness. So you're not too far gone. You haven't messed up too much. He loves you. He cares about you. He wants to rescue you. His compassion will never stop. He's never going to give up on you. Maybe you had people in your life give up on you, but he says, I'll never do it. He says, I'll never do it. You just need to understand who you are. So we need to continue to worship, continue to pray, continue to seek him with all of our hearts. Listen to his voice and allow him to direct everything we do. He loves you. You're his bride. You're Hephzibah. You're his son and daughter. That's who he calls you. You need to receive that this morning. Amen? Come on. So... Today's a special day. Like I said, it's baptism. Baptism Sunday. And I love this part. It's probably one of the favorite things I do. This is what we're called to do.
Uh, Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We were called to baptize people. And for some, you know, it, it's the first step. The first step is, is, is surrendering your heart to him. The first step is understanding your identity and saying, hey, you love me. Uh, come into my heart, you know, fill me up. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. I love you. You're my father. You're my, you're my husband. Whatever I got to call you, I want you in my life. That's the first step. And the second step is a baptism. So you might have done the first step, but never the second. All right, never the second. So first you got to believe that he died on the cross for you and your sins, and the second step is to allow him to, to wash you clean, and we do a baptism as an as a, um, identification, really, a new identification. So to do that, first thing I want to do um, is open this up to everybody, because there's some of you that even haven't accepted him in your heart, so I want to open that up to everybody this morning. So I just want to pray real quick, because um, that's something. If you you've never received him into your heart i want to give you that chance this morning because you have an opportunity today that most people don't have which is surrender your heart to christ believe in him and get baptized all in one day and there's nothing stopping you like there's no excuse you can have if you got to get home and go eat somewhere we'll do it fast we got clothes for you no big deal but i want you to really search your heart this morning Search your heart. Romans 10, 9, 10 says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The biggest key there is believe in your heart. Who he is and what he can do in your life and what he's done in your life. Accept that. Accept, uh, accept the fact that, 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 that Jesus died on the cross for you. That he died for you. And when you accept that in your heart, that's the first step. So you do that, you accept them in your heart, you repent, which means change the way you think about everything you do. Change the way you think about sin. Change the way all that stuff. It's not just turn and go the other way. You've got to change the way you think about that stuff. So you're going to do that. And you're going to speak it with your mouth. But I believe, look, I, I believe in praying. Uh, that's me. Um, and I didn't know how to pray when I received Christ as my Savior. I just didn't know how to do it. So it was nice that I had a pastor up there that said, let me pray for you. That kind of helped me. So I'm going to say a prayer. Uh, and if you want to say that prayer with you, you'll accept Jesus in your heart. This is so important. And so you can just repeat after me. I want everybody to repeat after me. I'm not going to call you out, any of that stuff. But if you repeat after me, we're going to say this prayer together. And then we're going to make some decisions. So Jesus, I need you. I kept you out of my life for too long. I can't do it on my own change me. Come into my life. Be my Savior. I know you died on the cross and rose again just for me. Today, I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So come on, if you said that and you meant that in your heart, so you received him in your heart, you, you said a prayer, it wasn't the prayer that saved you. Okay, it wasn't the prayer that saved you, but the prayer helps, helps you understand where you're going with this. Then the next step for you is baptism. And I love it because it ties right into what we're talking about. If you could sum up baptism in one word, it would be identification. That's what it is. It's an identification. That's all it is. It's a public identification with Jesus. It's also a personal identification with the greatest act of human history. 
which was his death, his burial, and his resurrection, which is everything we symbolize in the woman. His death going down, burial, and his resurrection. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. You can't earn your way into this. You can't do enough good works to try to earn your way. He said it's none of that. This way, you can't boast about it. There's a lot of things we boast about. You know, we think we can do it on our own. We're going to talk about it. We're going to boast about it. He says, you can't do that. I gave this to you freely. And when you do this, when you surrender your life to him, we get baptized, your guilt before God is removed. The moment you trust in him, right, he'll take all that shame, everything you've been dealing with, he'll pull it away from you when you actually surrender it to him and say, take it. And then your baptism is your personal testimony. That's what it is. It's an inward assurance. Your passage from old to new life. That's baptism. And like I said, it's a new life. It's nothing refurbished. It's brand new. We've read it before. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. So baptism is obedience and identification. That's what it is. He told us to be baptized. We're going to be baptized. And it's identification, a new identification, accepting who you are in Christ and who he calls you to be, a son and daughter, Hephzibah, because that's who we are. So as I prepare today, I'm going to go get changed, because I believe the Holy Spirit's moving. I'm going to go get changed, and I'm going to come back up over here. We have shirts, we have shorts, um, we have towels. Um, what I want to do is welcome you to that. You can grab your stuff. You can go get changed. There's a bathroom right out those doors. Um, you can get, you can do it in your clothes. I don't care. Wear the shorts and t-shirt. Take them home. I, however you want to do it. Don't bother me. Um, but I just know God's ready to move. So I'm going to go get changed. I'm going to turn it over to Kevin. I know Kevin's like, can I receive off right now? <laughs> I love you, brother. I'm going to turn it over to Kevin while I get ready. And if that's you, look, I don't want you to be embarrassed by this. This is huge, man. This is this is the next step. This is what we do. This is the next step for you. Whether you've done it before or not, this is not like, well, I did it when I was five. I'm good. I want you to fully understand your identification, who you are in Christ, and take this as a new leap in that and say, no, I, I'm going to recognize myself with a new identity. And this is the day to do it. And I'm excited about this. I'm going to go get changed. If that's you, we have stuff for you. Somebody will help you. Jazzy, you're over there. You can help them out. Um, and I'll be back out here. And when I come back out, man, we're going to baptize some people. So if that's you, Thank I look Jesus. forward to seeing you in the tank. And uh, I'll turn it over to Kevin. Come on. Man, put your hands together. Check, 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 check. Hello. Okay, there we go. Praise God. Y'all good? Awake? Man, y'all stand up real quick. Up. <laughs> Man, we're going to have to do some, some jumping jacks or something here. Somebody's cold. Somebody said they're cold. All right, man. Let's do water aerobics, Kevin. All right. Oh, thank God. Can somebody say praise the Lord in this house? Come on. I need to get y'all excited. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hey, listen, I'm not trying to do a show. I'm not trying to, you know, this ain't a concert. I'm not trying to get you to give me some sort of a rise. I really 
just want to praise the Lord. I really believe that he is worthy. I believe with all my heart that he deserves my praise and your praise. He is holy, guys. He is holy. He is loving. And I'm so grateful for what he's done in my life. Hey, this morning, I want to take up offering. Uh, if you're new here, you don't have to worry about this. All right, if you're new here, you don't have to worry about this. This is for everyone who calls Destiny Church home. But we here at Destiny, we believe in giving as a way of worship as well. So if you guys could do me a favor, maybe you already gave online or maybe you gave us, uh, you know, a check or a different way. But if you could do me a favor this morning, and I want you guys to lift up your right hand like this. If you have an offering in it, great. If you already gave online, it doesn't matter. Just lift up your hand like this. Holy Ghost. You guys can close your eyes. I'm going to pray for you this morning. Father God, I just thank you. Oh, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for your people. I thank you for their hearts, God, and how they love you and how they give, Father. Whether it's 50 cents, God, or, or $5, it does not matter. You look at their heart, Father. So I ask you right now to bless them, Father. Father, look right now, God. Would you look from heaven, God, all the hands raised, Father. And I ask you in the name of Jesus, God, that you would bless them, God, not just financially, Father. I don't mean just physically. Father, I ask that you would cause their souls to prosper in the name of Jesus, God. Father, I ask that you would cause their souls to prosper. Father, right now I ask that you would start to give them peace, Father, where depression has been, Father, where, where suicidal thoughts have been, God. I ask that you would release and you would loose peace right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask right now that you would fill them up, Holy Ghost. Fill them up, Holy Ghost, right now with your love, God, in the name of Jesus. And I ask also, Father, that you would bless them with boldness, God. Boldness, Father God. Everybody say boldness. Boldness, God, right now in the name of Jesus, Father. I ask, Father God, like your servants asked, Father. Peter and John, as your servants asked, God, we ask right now, Father, that you would give us boldness to proclaim your word and to do what is right in your eyes, Father. I bless your people. I ask that you bless them physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, God, in the name of Jesus. Would you receive their offering? They don't just give it to this church. They give it to you, Father. And I ask that you would receive it from heaven like a pleasing aroma, God, from your throne room, God. I ask you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, listen, guys, I'm going to encourage you to please stay as we do this baptism. And also... Uh, I want to encourage you, uh, me and uh, Pastor Crystal and another, a couple of other uh, amazing ladies have taken the time to really work hard and, and prepare some food for you guys next door at the, in the trailer, uh, next door. Uh, so please bless us with your presence and make sure you go there uh, after this, okay? Uh, we work really hard, and so we just want to want you guys to honor that. Uh, but I'm going to pass this back over to Pastor DJ. I'm excited. I think there's some people that may get baptized. Let's see. We got some music going. Let's get some music going. Like, guys, this is a celebration. So this is not like one of these moments when when I like to be like quiet. 
Um, this to me, this is a celebration of a new identity. This is this is awesome stuff. So lights can come up because I want family to be able to see. And if you're here and you have somebody in your family that's going to be baptized, I want pictures taken. Uh, we'll also have those somewhere. Somebody will capture them. We'll get those on the side. But um, but yeah, and we're gonna go celebrate. Like I said, don't forget the food. That's really important too. Um, so come celebrate that. That is a. Uh, um, Celebrate. I think we got some, something good over there. Like some cake. Come on, man. Come on, let's give him a round of applause. I'm telling you. Look at that. It ain't even cold, is it? All right, man. Come on over here. What's your name? Leonte. 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 Come on. So, so Leonte, you got family here? Right here. So you're, you're part of the... The, the James Gaming crew. <laughs> so your auntie's here, your uncle, your cousins. Come on, guys. What a, what a powerful moment. So I love this part. So have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes, he has. Come on, let's put a round of applause for that. I'm excited to do this, man. Where are you from? Atlanta, Georgia. You came all the way from Atlanta, Georgia to be baptized here in Millbrook, Alabama. That's not, you came for a reason, man. I believe this. I believe there's appointed times for everything and God's got his hand on you. He's going to do amazing things in your life. And this is just the start of it. If you'll release that to him and allow him to work in your heart and do what he wants to do in your life, he, dude, he's going to use you in mighty ways. This is just the start of it. You're going to look back at this one day and say, man, I made the right move. I made the right call. So come on. I'm proud of you. I'm sure your family's proud of you. So I'm going to hand the mic over. By your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. one better there we go this is my kind of mic we go deep on this one look I, i'm excited for you and uh i just feel something all over you right now like the holy ghost is doing something deep inside of you and i'm so thankful that you decided to make this decision today and say it's time it's time to trust in him whatever identity you have you have taken on he says it's mine give it to me you just let him do that in your heart word let him work in your heart right now that's what i'm feeling right now Okay. You're, you're his daughter. You're his bride. And he loves you. Come on. That's powerful. Oh, man. You want to say anything? Oh, my 
god. I, I am so blessed to be here. I don't know any of you, but you're all in my heart. And I love each and every one of you. Thank you for sharing this special day with me. I've had a really love, a hard time. I was married 31 years and got divorced. And it wasn't, it wasn't neither one of our fault. We both needed to grow. And this is the only way I know how. So I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you for sharing this opportunity with me. It is a blessing. And I want to thank my best friend, Kristen Lowry and Daniel Lowry and Danielle for bringing me here. They have told me so many years what a wonderful church this is. And I am so blessed to finally get the opportunity to share this with you guys. And it's an honor to be in your presence. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. All right, we received that, girl. Let's move up here just a little bit. All right, awesome. Well, Holly, um, have you accepted Jesus, your Lord and Savior? Amen, I have. Come on. All right, I'm going to hand this over. Let's, let's see if I can get back here so James can reach me so everybody can hear me. Go ahead and put one nose hand on your nose, the other hand right on your wrist. There you go, just like this. So I have something to grab onto. So, so Holly, by your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. several months ago driving through um stayed with us a bit and uh um, been through a lot lost his family and lost his pets and um a lot of stuff has happened over the last couple months and uh we we are his uh we're his family come on brother we, we told you we adopted you in you can't get out now that's how it works this is like a cult <laughs> you, you can't you can't get out brother and uh we love you and I'm so excited for you in this walk uh, and what you're doing. And uh, just just remember who God calls you. Man. You're Hephzibah to him. Remember that. You remember that he loves you that much. So you're not alone in this world. You have a father that's with you. And he's walking beside you each and every way. And you have a family uh, of, of a fellowship here, of, of a body of people uh, that love you, brother. And you always have a place. So I'm so excited for you. And you want to say anything? Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's what I'm talking about. So, Don, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. Yes, you have. Awesome. There it is. So, Don, by your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Brandon, right? Yes, sir. Come on, I ain't seen you in a bit, but it's good to see you. Um, you know, from the minute I met you, and this was years ago, I knew God had something all over you. He had a plan for you. Um, I can see it in you. I know what he's put in you. Uh, I felt a calling on your life that, 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 that he wants to use you in a mighty way. And I can see it in your worship. I can see it in how much you love him and how much he speaks to you. Um, so I think this is huge for you. And I just wanted to share that with you because when I saw you again today, uh, it reminded me of everything I saw in you before. Um, so you need to receive that in your heart and just start listening to him and asking Father what he wants you to do in your life. It's no longer up to anybody else. You listen to him and you do what he tells you to do. And everything will come together when you follow him. Come on, that's good stuff. You want to say anything to anybody? Um, thank you for just letting me have a life like this, Lord. Thank you for letting me meet you. Thank you for everything you've done for me. I'm ready to give my life to you. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Woo. You got a proud dad over there, huh? <laughs> Come on. Good stuff, brother. Hey, so have you accepted the Lord as your Savior? <laughs> yes, you have. Absolutely. You already confessed that. So good. I got a hand up on your wrist. Grab it right there. That's why I grab onto you. So by your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. think it's too late you can run up here right now we'll wait there is nothing more important than this right now this is it anybody anybody anywhere this is your chance we got clothes we're set all right I'm gonna turn it back over to our worship team we're gonna worship a bit and then Kevin can come out and release us and and we'll meet you guys over don't forget to come fellowship with us and celebrate and and it's right there next to the parking lot so you can't miss it get out there and come get some stuff, and I'll see you guys in a bit. All right, don't forget, we have a fellowship over there. We love you guys. You're awesome. Thank you for being with us, and we'll see you next time.